Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of the prophet Jeremiah. We're in chapter 10. This chapter is entitled God and Idols. And basically it's the comparison of the true God, our living God, and the false idols that people make with their hands. It says here what the Lord says to you, O house of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the sky, though the nations are terrified by them. For the customs of the peoples are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest, and a craftsman shapes it with his chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails, so it will not totter. Like a scarecrow in a melon patch, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They can do no harm, nor can they do any good. Then he goes to the Lord, No one is like you, O Lord. You are great. Your name is mighty in power. Who should not revere you, O King of the nations? This is your due. Among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is no one like you. They are all senseless and foolish. They are taught by worthless wooden idols. Hammered silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Upaz. What the craftsmen and goldsmith have made is then dressed in blue and purple, all made by skilled workers. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, the eternal King. When he's angry, the earth trembles. The nations cannot endure his wrath. Tell them this, the Lord's speaking. These gods who did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. But God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. We talked a lot about that when we read through the book of Job as we went over creation in Genesis. When he thunders, the waters in the heaven roar. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Then he just goes on to describe the senselessness of idols made by men and the power and the might of the Lord our God. Then if we move on to verse 17, it's talking about the coming destruction that we know is going to happen. Um, Not only the destruction of, of Judah, but also the exile. It's telling them, gather up your belongings to leave the land. For this is what the Lord says, at this time I will hurl out those who live in this land and be, and I will bring distress on them that they may be captured. So then Jeremiah recognizes that this is going to happen. This is what I have to endure. My tent is destroyed. Its ropes are snapped. My sons are gone from me and are no more. No one is left to pitch my tent. And of course, he's speaking on behalf of the people and the status of, of the land and what they're doing It says the shepherds are senseless. They don't inquire of the Lord, so they don't prosper. Their flocks are scattered. Then he says, listen, the report is coming. A great commotion from the land of the north. And he's talking about the Babylonians. And then this is Jeremiah's prayer. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for a man to direct his steps. Correct me, Lord, but only with justice, not in anger, lest you reduce me to nothing. Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you, on the peoples who do not call in your name, for they have devoured Jacob. They have devoured him completely and destroyed his homeland. Then moving on to chapter 11, it is entitled, The Covenant is Broken. And this is, of course, the reason for the destruction, for the exile, for the judgment that's coming. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah. 
listen to the terms of this covenant and tell them to the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. Tell them that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Cursed is the man who does not obey the terms of this covenant, the terms I commanded your forefathers when I brought them out of Egypt, out of the iron-smelting furnace. I said, Obey me and do everything I command you, and you will be my people, and I will be your God. Then I will fulfill the oath I swore to your forefathers and give them a land flowing with milk and honey, the land you possess today. I answered, Amen, Lord. Then the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. Listen to the terms of this covenant and follow them. From the time I brought your forefathers up from Egypt until today, I warned them again and again, saying, Obey me. But they did not listen. They did not pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubbornness of their evil hearts. So I brought on them all the curses of the covenant I had commanded them to follow, but that they did not keep. Then the Lord said to me, There is a conspiracy among the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. They have returned to the sins of their forefathers who refused to listen to my words. They have followed other gods and served them. Both the house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken covenant. I made that with their forefathers. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen. The towns of Judah and the people of Jerusalem will go and cry out to the gods whom they burn incense to, but they won't help them at all when disaster strikes. You have as many gods as you have towns, O Judah, and altars that you've set up to burn incense to that shameful god Baal are as many as the streets of Jerusalem. Do not pray for this people, nor offer any plea or petition for them, because I will not listen when they call me in the time of their distress. So then it is speaking in terms of the people of Judah. What is my beloved doing in my temple as she works out her evil schemes with many? Can consecrated meat avert your punishment? When you engage in your wickedness, then you rejoice. Talking about going through the motions or even the ways that they're using the temple to offer sacrifices to other gods. So it says, the Lord Almighty who planted you has decreed disaster for you because the house of Israel and the house of Judah have done evil and provoked me to anger by burning incense to Baal. Now, moving on to verse 18, this is a plot against Jeremiah, and this is actually sort of a um, confession. This is one of the confessions that Jeremiah makes throughout his book, and it's basically talking about the people trying to hurt him from his own town. It says, because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew it, for at that time, He showed me what they were doing. I had been like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not realize they had plotted against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree and its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, and let his name be remembered no more. But, O Lord Almighty, you who judge righteously and test the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. So I'm doing this in your name, Lord. These are the words you've given me. Do not. Let them be successful. Therefore, then, picking up in verse 21, this is what the Lord says. It says, this is what the Lord says about the men of Anathoth, and that is Jeremiah's hometown. It says, those men who are seeking your life and saying, do not prophesy in the name of the Lord or you will die by our hands. The Lord says, I will punish them. Their young men will die by the sword and their sons and daughters by famine. Not even a remnant will be left to them because I will bring disaster upon the men of Anathoth in the year 
of their punishment. And this is speaking directly to those who have come against the prophet Jeremiah. And that ends chapter 11, and we will pick up next time in chapter 12.